Sunday the 5th of May in the morning said in the diary I preached in St. Anne's was not welcome to come back anymore Sunday evening the 5th of May I preached in St. John's and the leader says get out and stay out Sunday the 12th of May I preached in St. Jude's. Dear diary, I can't go back there either. Sunday the 19th of May, I preached in St. Somebody Else's. And then the deacons called a special meeting and said I couldn't return. So Sunday the 19th of May, I preached on the streets before a group of believers came along and kicked me off the streets. Sunday the 28th or 26th of May, I preached in one of the fields nearby. I had to leave the field when the farmer turned out the bull and destroyed the service. Sunday the 2nd of June, I preached on the edge of town just by the roadside. And another group of believers came and kicked us off the road. Sunday, the 2nd of June, in the evening, I preached in the field, and 10,000 people came out to hear me. Those are the words from John Wesley in his diary. He was a man who knew what we're going to speak about today, perseverance. We've been looking together about how we go deeper with God. How can we develop that relationship with God? And in 2 Peter, it talks about how we do just that. But first we said we need to, let me see if I can get this working. If we're going to go deeper with God, then love has to be the motivation. If we don't have love in our hearts, we're not going to go anywhere. If we just want it for some other motive, it's not going to happen. Love has to be the motivating force within us to want that relationship to go deeper. If you want to go deeper with God because you want more power or you want more prestige or you want position, it's never going to happen. If you want to go deeper with God because you love the Lord Jesus Christ with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind and with all of your strength, that is the kind of heart that God looks for in you and me and says, there is a child, there is a son or a daughter where I can take them deeper. But there are things that are holding us back. This is not working today. Ah, there you go. There are barriers which hold us onto the surface. There's sin which entangles us and there's, there's things which hinder us and hold us back. And we looked at some of those and what they are. Then we have to recognize in Second Peter, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. 
God has given us already everything that we need to go deeper in a relationship with Him. He set it aside for you and me, and it's there waiting for us. We don't need to ask God for it. He's already set it aside. We need to ask God how we can access what He's already set aside for you and for me. And He says the way we do that is through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. It's through the promises of God that we gain access to everything He set aside for us. And as we learn the promises, use the promises, pray the promises, claim the promises, so we have access, we learn how to have access to everything that God has given to us. But... On one sense, we can just go and claim the promises. But the promises are only effective, really, based on that developing relationship. A promise from someone is only as good as the individual that you get the promise from. And so God wants us not just to come to Him and say, Father, you've promised this, now give it to me. That's not kind of a relationship, is it? That's, that's what you do when you, you go online and you give money over and you get something back in return. God doesn't want that kind of relationship. He wants to have an intimate relationship with you and me. And we've been looking because this passage goes on. It says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge. Goodness is your faith flowing out of you so that others can see the faith inside. Knowledge is reflecting on the world from a God perspective, not our own, but seeing the world through the eyes of God. That's what knowledge is. And as we add goodness, as we add knowledge to our faith, so we begin to grow deeper and deeper with God and we have more and more access to everything He set aside. Then He said, I think the battery's running out on this. Self-control, add to knowledge Self-control. Self-control is the boundary markers of love. It's, it's the parameters in which our goodness and our knowledge flourish, in which we flourish. And there's two things. Self-control stops us from doing things that are wrong outside of that kind of the boundary line. And it also keeps us doing the right kind of things. So it provides that kind of channel in which we can flourish. Stops us going outside of the channel so that we do things that are not of Him. And it also promotes things inside that channel so that we can flourish in Christ. So it says, add to your faith goodness, to goodness knowledge, to knowledge self-control, and to self-control, add perseverance. 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 John Wesley knew perseverance. How many of us, if we started preaching at the beginning of May and we were kicked out, thrown out, we had balls let loose in the fields where we were preaching, would just give up. But John Wesley kept on going. Do you know what perseverance really is? Let me tell you. Perseverance. Perseverance is the ability to thrive in harsh environments. That's what perseverance is. Perseverance is not just keeping on going. It's not just struggling through. But it's this. 
It's like a plant that is flourishing in the midst of a desert. That's what perseverance is. In fact, the original meaning of perseverance is just that. It's a plant, a flower, thriving in the desert, in a harsh environment. Perseverance is the ability to thrive in those kind of environments. And so God says, but we need to add to our goodness, to faith, to goodness, to knowledge, to self-control, perseverance. And if we do that in increasing measure, then it says it will keep us from being ineffective and unproductive. So how, how can we grow in perseverance? How can we grow in perseverance? Let's look today at James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. Let's read this together. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let me bring this up here. So how, how can we grow in perseverance? Well, first of all, it says we need to recognize the benefit of trials. Trials produces perseverance. Now, none of us like going through trials particularly, do we? Do you like going through trials? No. Neither do I particularly. But trials produce perseverance. And so one of the things is that we need to recognize is that everybody faces trials. People who persevere face trials just like everybody else. But there's a difference. Whoops. Growing people recognize the benefit of trials. Growing people recognize the benefit of trials. I was watching uh, this week, I don't know if you've seen on the BBC, they've been uh, doing some live broadcasts from Alaska, from Alaska. That's right. Anybody seen it? It's been amazing, the, the photography and so on. And I was watching it on, I think it was Wednesday night. And they had this, showed this beaver dam. And they're, they're doing it this time of year because all the salmon are spawning. They're all coming back. And you see all these salmon going up. So all the bears and the wolves and all the animals are coming down to feast on the salmon. Millions of salmon. And they were talking about this, uh, this beaver dam. There's a picture of the salmon. And they were saying, doesn't this beaver dam hinder the salmon? Because here they are, these poor salmon, they're trying to swim upstream to the place where they were born so that they can lay their eggs and die. And there's this beaver building this massive dam right across the river. Really inconsiderate. You know? 
not only have they got to swim upstream like this, but then they have to literally jump over the top of this beaver dam so that they can keep on going. And they were asking this expert, well, doesn't this like, isn't this, this is a problem? Isn't it, isn't this just an added, you know, trial for these salmon? And he said, well, yes, it is. But it also has a benefit because only the strongest salmon will be able to reach over and go and lay their eggs. So the next generation of salmon will be strong too. You see, the weak ones can't get up. They'll die. The weak ones will be the ones that will just run out of energy and then the bears and the wolves and everybody else will come and eat them. But the strong ones, the strong ones will get there. And they will lay the eggs, which will again produce strong salmon for the next year and the next generation. You see, when trials come, there are two choices. There is a moaning kind of resignation. Oh, Lord, why is this trial coming upon me? What have I done to deserve this? You ever said that? You're in church. Oh, I got this trial. I got, oh. And then you get everybody, oh, how are you? Oh, I'm just, oh, man, if I start and you think, why did I ask them? You know, and they just pour out this long saga of woe before you. I'm, I'm, oh, just life is heavy. And, you know, I feel like I'm 95 years old. Now, that's one way that we deal with trials. The second way that the Bible says is joyful recognition. Consider it pure joy when trials come. Why? Because it is only through trials that you have an opportunity to grow. Only through trials like this can you grow stronger. That's why he says consider it pure joy when trials come. Because then you can grow strong. And believers who are growing in Jesus Christ will recognize the benefit of trials. We don't like them. Don't pretend that they're really nice, but we see the benefit of them in our lives. So we, in a sense, we welcome them because we know that God is going to use this trial to help you and me grow stronger. You want to go deeper with God? Then ask Him for more trials. That's a simple fact. That's what James says. Consider it pure joy when trials come your way because trials lead to perseverance. And perseverance will get you more intimate with Jesus Christ if you handle them in the right way. Recognize the benefit of trials. That's the first thing. The second thing is this. What flag is that? They're the crest. Australia. I don't know how you got that, personally. I thought that was a tricky one. But what two animals are on the crest of Australia? Kangaroo and emu. Why did they choose the kangaroo and the emu? Because of what? Because they live there, that's a good reason. It's not much point, you know, having a brown bear and a whatever, you know. But yeah, that's 
true, but there's a lot of other animals that live there as well. Koala being one. Why did they choose the kangaroo and emu, do you know? Because they persevere. That's a really good guess, but no. (laughs) They're not the most recognized animal in Australia, no. They're sort of the same. You're getting desperate now. They're not sort of the same color at all. One is brown and one is gray. How could that be the same color? Let me tell you why they chose them. This is the reason they chose them. They chose these two animals because these two animals never go backwards. They only go forwards. You will never see a kangaroo or an emu walking backwards. They only ever go forwards. And they chose them because they wanted a nation that always looked forwards and never looked backwards. That's why they're on the crest. You can bore people now from, you know. Hey, trivia. People who persevere choose to live looking forwards. You know what happens when trials come? When trials come, so often we tend to look backwards. Whoops. It says, you know that the testing of your faith does what? Produces perseverance. Something that produces something else is what? Looking forwards. This is happening so that something else might be developed. You look forwards, not backwards. That's what it says in James. And we need to learn that trials help us if we face them the right way, if we challenge, if we go through them in the right spirit, then they can help us to grow because we need to keep looking forwards. Philippians 3, it says, Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have yet taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. In Christ Jesus, Philippians 3, 12 to 14. You see, one of the big dangers of trials is distraction. When trials come, they can easily lead us to trails. Trials come can easily lead us to trails. Some trails of our own making. A trial comes, I don't like it. So what do I do? Well, either I ignore it or I change the direction in which I was going and go, oh, this is too tough. I don't want to face this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hide myself. I'm going to hide myself in all kinds of things. I'm going to hide myself in my work. I'm going to hide myself in having fun. I'm going to hide myself in alcohol or drugs. I'm going to hide myself in other distractions in my life. And we don't face the trial that is before us because we make a trail off to the side somewhere so that I don't have to face it. Distraction is one of the key dangers when we face trials. Or the second thing that happens is that we ask the wrong people what we should do. 
We say, hey, Pauline, I've got this trial. What do you think I should do? And Pauline gives me the wrong advice instead of the right advice. Instead of saying, David, you need to trust and you need to face this trial and go through it and I'm going to be here with you. Pauline says, hey, don't worry about that trial. Why don't you come with me? Hey, it won't be that bad. Don't worry about it. Let's come with me. And we go off together doing something else. Hey, you don't really need... This is God closing a door for you. Don't, don't go that way. This is obvious what's going on and we go off in the wrong direction. And I'm not saying Pauline would do that. In fact, she wouldn't do that. But that's what we do. And we go around until we listen to the advice that we like. You know, that's what happens. We go, Pauline, what do you think? And Pauline says, no, you should face this trial. And then I go, oh, no, I don't like that advice. Luciana, what do I do? No, you should face the trial. No, no, I don't like that advice either. You know? And then I go, uh, you know, Sonal, what should I do? Sonal says, oh, come with me. Oh, yeah, I like that advice. I'm going to go with Sonal, you know? We all do that, don't we? When we face trials, we go around until we get the advice that I really like, which is, I don't want to face it. And then we go off. Don't do that. People who persevere choose to move forwards. You know what? They see a a trial in their way and they go, okay, that's in my way, but it's not going to stop me. I'm going to keep on going because I know the way that I'm going. I know the way. I'm going to leave everything behind me. I know the direction I'm going in and whatever comes in my way, I'm going to cross it, get through. Look at the salmon again. Beaver Dam, right in the way. What do they do? They don't turn around and say, well, there's got to be another pathway around this river. No, they just head it straight on and they said, this is the direction. I'm going to keep on going. They don't get distracted. Third thing we need to do. I'm going to be up by Brian. Can Can you put it? Oh, thank you, Brian. Third thing we need to do. Okay, next screen is you take one day at a time. Take one day. Take life one day at a time. Matthew 6 says this. Let me read it to you. I think the words... Can we have the next screen, please? Persevering people take life one day at a time. You know why you need to do that? Because the second danger is weariness. The second danger of perseverance is weariness. Matthew 6, verse 30. It says, If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I was telling you uh, last week, I think, that I've started running around the park. You know the worst thing about running? Running. Don't really enjoy it that much. 
to be honest, I don't get up and go, oh, great, I'm going to go running now. Because you end up hot and sweaty and tired. and I mean, it does you good. But, but you know the worst thing? You have to do three laps, three and a bit laps. The worst thing is your brain, your mind. You know, here I am, I run one lap and I'm fine. I run two laps and I'm not doing too bad. But that third lap, I was determined. I was determined to finish running the third lap and not have to walk. And what does your brain say? David, you're an idiot. That's what it says. What are you doing to yourself? You're not Mo Farah. Who do you think you are? You can't do this. You haven't run for years. Stop. Walk. Don't do it. And then your legs start twinging and your chest starts hurting and your brain says, see, I'm telling you, I'm told you, I told you, don't do it. You know what you have to do? You know, if you set your goal too far in front, you'll never reach it. You know what I did the first time I managed the third lap? I said, you know what, let me just run to the top of this little bit here and then I'll walk the rest. And when I got to the top of the the, the highest bit in the park here, which is not very high, I said, oh, it's downhill now for a little bit. Let me just coast. I can run that because I can just coast that bit. I'll walk when I get to the tennis courts and it goes back uphill. So I got down to the bottom and I coasted that little bit. And when I got to the bottom, I said to myself, you know what? I'm nearly at the end now. All I've got to do is run up this little bit and along the flat and I'll be finished. Why not just finish it off? So I did. But if I'd have said to myself, David, on the third lap, you need to run the whole thing, I wouldn't have made it. Because the distance was too far for me. My brain would have said, you can't do this. But if you break it down into little chunks, it becomes possible. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about serving God tomorrow. Serve God now. Don't worry about the trial and what it's going to look like tomorrow. Deal with today. The Bible talks about it today, today, today. Focus on today. Because if you defeat today, if you can accomplish victory today and defeat your weariness today, then you'll do the same thing tomorrow. Maria Fontaine said, one day at a time and you'll be spiritually strengthened. One day at a time, the enemy will be defeated. You need to learn to take life one day at a time. You want to grow? Don't set yourselves massive targets. Say, Lord, help me to grow today. That's enough. And then get up tomorrow morning and you can pray the same prayer. Lord, help me to grow today. Amy Carmichael said this, sometimes when we read the words of those that have been more than conquerors, we feel almost despondent. I feel I shall never be like that. But they won through step by step by little bits of will, little denials of self, little inward victories by faithfulness in the very little things. They became what they are. No one sees these little hidden steps. They only see the accomplishments. But even so, those small steps were taken. There is no sudden triumph no spiritual maturity that is the work of the moment. You know what she's saying? She's saying we need to take 
things one step at a time. When you face a trial, don't think about overcoming the whole trial. Break it down. Say, I can overcome this bit. I can overcome this bit. I can overcome this bit. Because weariness comes in, it becomes too overwhelming. When we think and we try and look at two greater steps. Do short goals. Think about how you can be victorious with Jesus Christ today. People of perseverance, take it one day at a time. Number four, you'll never read that. But that is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know the third danger of, of, uh, against pers- perseverance? And that's fear. Fear says I cannot do it. But the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And when we face a trial, the question becomes, who are we going to listen to in that trial? Are we going to listen to the voice of ourselves, which says, I can't do it? The voice of fear inside of us, which says, hey, you're not good enough. You're never going to get there. It's impossible. You may as well give up. Or are you going to listen to the voice and the promise of God that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He, Stanley Jones, wrote this. He said, I am inwardly fashioned for faith and not for fear. Fear is not my native land. Faith is. I am so made that worrying and anxiety are sand in the machinery of life. Faith is the oil. I live better by faith and confidence than by fear, doubt, and anxiety. In anxiety and worry, my being is gasping for breath. These are not my native air. But in faith and confidence, I breathe freely. These are my native air. John Hopkins University doctor says, we do not know why it is that warriors die sooner than non-warriors. But that is a fact. He says, but I who am simple of mind think I know. We are inwardly constructive in nerve and tissue, brain cell and soul for faith and not for fear. God made us that way. To live by worry is to live against reality. Who are you going to trust? Are you going to trust in the promises of God? I can do all things. Or are you going to trust in what you think is your own ability, which is limited. When a trial comes, are you going to look at the size of it and say, that's impossible? Or are you going to look at it and say, with God's help, I can overcome? Because nothing will come against me that can't be overcome with the strength of Christ working through me. People of perseverance know the strength of God in their lives. And how to access it. Persevering people know that God's strength is available to them. That he's there waiting for you to ask. 
so that you can overcome that trial and gain victory. And last thing is this, persevering people aim at maturity. You know, you know when you were younger, somebody said, what do you want to do when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? I used to love to answer mature. You know, it was like when people ask me, where does your accent come from? I just say, my parents. They don't quite know what to say then, you know. But it's true. What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be mature. No, no, I mean, what, what kind of job do you want? Well, why don't you say that? Persevering people aim at maturity. That's what that passage said. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work. Why? So that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Aim for maturity. Aim for maturity. That is what we need to do. Why why do you think God allows so many trials to come into your life? Why do you think He allows them? Because He wants you to be mature. Trials come because He wants you to access His power and through His power overcome those trials so that your perseverance may grow and you become mature and complete. That is God's aim for you. That is one of the the key aims that God has for you and for me. When God created me, He put all His potential inside of me. He knew everything He wanted me to be and to become. And the problem is, I don't allow all that potential to be released through me. Because of sin, because of hindrances, because of a whole raft of different things. Because I don't follow the way God wants me to follow all sorts of things. But God is working to release in me all that potential so that I might be mature. He wants me to be the creation that He knit me together to be. And He wants that for you as well. That's why the Spirit works in you. That's what the Spirit is doing in and through you. Philip Yancey in Disappointed with God said this. He said, human beings grow by striving, working, stretching. And in a sense, human nature needs problems more than solutions. Why are not all prayers answered magically and instantly? Why must every convert travel the same tedious path of spiritual discipline? Because persistent prayer and fasting and study and meditation are designed primarily for our sakes, not for God's. Kierkegaard said that Christians reminded him of schoolboys who wanted to look up the answers to their math problems at the back of the book rather than work through them. We yearn for shortcuts, but shortcuts usually lead us away from growth, not towards it. Apply the principle directly to Job. What was the final result of Job's testing that he went through? As Rabbi Abraham Herschel said, faith like Job's cannot be shaken because it is the result of having been shaken. God wants you to be mature. That's what he's working for. 
And he does that through perseverance. He grows perseverance within you. He doesn't give you quick fixes to all the problems. Why? Because he wants you to be strong. He wants you to access everything. He wants that full potential to grow within you and to be released in you. If he just answered every single prayer like this within you, you would not grow. You would not become strong. If you have a child and you just give them everything that they ever asked for, they're never going to grow up in the way that they should grow up. They're never going to reach potential. And when they get to an older age, what happens? Then they go around expecting it from everybody else and they find a cruel world out there that's not going to give it to them. And then they hit problems. You train a child in the way they should go. You let them struggle sometimes. You don't give in to what they want sometimes. Why? Because you know in the long run it's better for them. When they persevere through it, you don't always fix all their problems. You don't always allow them to turn to the back of the mass. That was a bit challenging, that mass bit, wasn't it? I remember doing that growing up. But you don't always do that because it doesn't help you in the long run. You need to allow, need to struggle sometimes because in that struggle, you grow and you become person. If you persevere through it, then you become mature. How can perseverance grow within me? Firstly, recognize the benefit of trials. Say, thank you, Lord, for this trial. I don't like it. Don't pretend that you do. But I thank you that it's an opportunity for me to grow. Lord, I choose to continue to look forward. I'm not going to divert off to one way or the other. I'm going to face this trial. And with your help, I'm going to overcome it. I'm going to take it one day at a time. I'm not going to try and leapfrog over it in one go and get despondent if I can't overcome it today. I'm going to take it step by step with you providing the strength because I want to grow mature. That is my heart. I want to be as mature as I can be in you. I want to be as intimate as I can be with you. My goal in life is maturity in Christ. I want the closest relationship with Jesus Christ that it's humanly possible to have. I want every single piece of that potential that he placed within me to be part of my life and to be released through me. I don't want to get to heaven and, and, and God show me all the potential that it was untapped. What a waste. How embarrassing will that be? I want to have access to it now. I want to be in a position where I can reach it now and see it flourish. I want to be like that flower in the desert, bringing beauty and bringing healing and wholeness to others and joy to others around me because you have released in me everything that you poured into me before I was born. How do I get there through perseverance? He says, add to your faith goodness, goodness, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance. You know, some of, some of you are going through really hard times right now. You're going through hard trials. And it's easy to stand here and say these things, but for you, life's really tough. God says to you today, just keep going a day at a time. Don't quit. 
don't give up. He has placed within you, if you ask Him for the help, He will give you enough help for today. I remember I asked my father-in-law once. He was going through a really hard season in his life. And I said, how, how, do, you, how do you face this? He said, every morning I get up and I pray just for enough grace to get me through this day for another day. And then tomorrow morning I'll get up and I'll pray for enough grace to get through today. And I keep going and God gives me his grace one day at a time. He didn't start thinking too far in front. He just trusted in the promises and the presence and the power of God for that day. And through these trials, if you will allow him, God wants to strengthen you and teach you new lessons. He wants to use them to mold you in new ways so that you might become mature. I'm going to finish today by showing you a short little video. It's from a movie called Facing the Giants. And it maybe is one of the best clips I've seen about perseverance. It's about American football. So if you don't know American football, it doesn't matter. But just have a look at this. So, Coach, how strong is Westview this year? A lot stronger than we are. You already written Friday night down as a loss, Brock? Well, not if I know we could beat them. Come here, Brock. You too, Jeremy. What, am I in trouble now? Not yet. I want to see you do the death crawl again, except I want to see your absolute best. <laughs> <laughs> what, you want me to go to the 30? I think you can go to the 50. 50. I can go to the 50 if nobody's on my back. I think you can do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're going to do your best. All right. Your best. Okay. You going to give me your best? I'm going to give you my best. All right, one more thing. I want you to do it blindfolded. Why? Because I want you giving up at a certain point when you can go further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. <laughs> I get a good tight hold, Jeremy. All right, let's go, Brock. Keep your knees off the ground, just your hands and feet. There you go. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go. Show me good effort. That way, Brock. You keep coming. There you go. It's a good start. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, Brock. Good strength. That's it, Brock. That's it. Not the 20 yet? Forget the 20. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. No, don't stop, Brock. You got more in you than that. I ain't done. Just rest in a second. You got to keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit till you got nothing left. There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. Keep driving it. Keep, keep your knees off the ground. That's it. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very
very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. I want everything you got. Come on, keep going. It hurts. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. He's heavy. I know he's heavy. I'm bad out of strength. Then you negotiate with your body to find more strength, but don't you give up on me, Brock. You keep going, you hear me? You keep going. You're doing good. You keep going. Do not quit on me. You keep going. It hurts. I know it hurts. You keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from here. 30 more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going. Burn. And let it burn. burn. It's all hard. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Come on. Keep going. You promised me your best. Your best. influential player on this team. If you walk around defeated, so will they. Oh, tell me you can't give me more than what I've been seeing. You just carried a 140-pound man across this whole field on your arms. Brock, I need you. God's gifted you with the ability of leadership. Don't waste it. Coach? Can I count on you? Sometimes in life you feel like quitting because it hurts so much. And the trial that you're facing is so big that you don't think you're ever going to make it. But God is there shouting at you, don't quit. With his strength, you can see it through. Ronnie's gonna just play. Can you play some? While he plays, let's just put the lights down again, Brian, please. Because some of you today, you feel like you're carrying 140 pounds on your back, and your legs are burning, and your arms are burning, and it feels like you can't even go on. And you want to give up. God believes in you because he knows you and he created you 
He knows what you're capable of. More than that, He knows what He's capable of through you. So as Ronnie plays, just reach out to Him right now. And say, Lord, grow perseverance within me. However hard trials become, never get distracted. May I never give in to fear or to distraction or to weariness. But Lord, may I have that triumph with you. Add to my faith goodness and to my goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance. those times of trial mold me make me more like Jesus Christ Lord I reach out for you right now fill me refresh me so that I may keep on going